Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Welcome back to the Surge Strength Podcast, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I am really excited because coming up here, depending on when you're listening to this, but we have a huge promotion going on if you're interested in becoming Surge Strength Dryland Certified. It's going to be for one day only, 24-hour period, Cyber Monday, November 30th, 24 hours only. And to get to details of this, you need to either be following us on Instagram. It's at surge.strength. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you get more details there. And or you should also be subscribed to our email newsletter. We're going to be sending out more information in the coming days as well. If you're not already subscribed to that, just go to our homepage, surge-strength.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. There'll be a field for you to drop in your email and subscribe to our newsletter as well. And if uh, while you're there, if you haven't already, make sure you uh, register for free for the Surge Strength Academy and check out the free Dryland 101 courses that we have. And those are taken directly from the Surge Strength Dryland certification so you can get a taste of that. But anyway, it's going to be a huge sale, 24 hours only, Cyber Monday, 1130. So make sure that you are following us on Instagram, that you are subscribed to the newsletter so you have all the details and you're able to take advantage when it comes because it's going to come and it's going to be gone and it's going to be one day. So you better be ready. It's coming up here. On this episode for Inside the Surge Strength Academy segment, we have what's the training priority? And this can be overwhelming sometimes for coaches because there's so much to do sometimes in dryland and we're going to break it down to understanding what should be the priority. How do you create a hierarchy of needs for your swimmers and focus on those and make sure you're getting the biggest things done on a session to session basis that you need to. So in the long run, the swimmers are going to improve. They're going to be strong. There's not going to be injuries and they're going to be able to train harder, faster, more consistently all the time. Because remember in dryland, We're not trying to create Olympic weightlifters here. We're trying to create really fast swimmers. And so that has to then look at what the priorities are for that to happen and make sure you're always keeping that in the forefront of your mind as you're creating these dry land workouts on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week, season-to-season. And if you're taking the surge strength drown certification, you know how I kind of break that down and how they blend together between the season, the week, and then the daily. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on the inside, the surge strength Academy section. And remember that's taken right from the certification. So if you like what you hear, head over to the website, enroll in the Academy, check out the one-on-ones for free, and then enroll to become surge strength dryland certified and join coaches from around the world that are doing that. One coach in particular, Fabio, he's over in Italy, and he was one of the first ones to sign up for the certification when we first put it out. He recently passed the exam, and we had a call to kind of talk about, all right, now that he's actually certified, he wanted to get the nuts and bolts of some really specific programming questions he's trying to grapple with 
dealing with the swimmers that he's coaching. So we're able to let you in on that call. And I'm sure some of you coaches are in the exact same situation. You're like, oh, thank Fab, thank you, Fabio. This is going to help me. And I appreciate two coaches like Fabio, who English is not first language, and they're still going out there and trying to find the best resources, even if it's a little harder, more cumbersome. He talked about how sometimes I talked a little fast and he had to rewatch the videos because it was just a little hard to keep up with it. And I just think, how much in my life have I tried to do uncomfortable things, things that weren't very hard on a learning basis like that. So it just really encourages me to hear some coaches all around the world where English is not their first language and they are trying to get better at dryland so much that they're going to go and take a course like this. Maybe they're going to have to take a little extra time to make sure they're getting all the terminology and making sure they're understanding it right. But I just really appreciate coaches like Fabio. It was a great conversation. Check him out. Uh, he's over in Italy. He's following us on Instagram, too. We make sure we give him shout outs as well. So that's what's coming up on this episode of the Surge Strength Podcast, everyone. Inside the Surge Strength Academy. What's the training priority is the topic I'm going to be covering in this lesson. I wanted to start off with this lesson first before we get into any season, weekly, or individual session training. And it's because you need to ask this question not only before you're doing season planning and actually writing it out, but it needs to be a constant question in your mind as you're going through the season. What's the priority? Because there can only be so much time, so much energy placed. So if your priority is off, your results are probably going to be off. I'm guessing that the goal is for 90%, 99% of you, it's becoming a faster swimmer, working with your swimmers. And yes, maybe they need to overcome some injuries and maybe they need to move a little bit better, but all at the end it comes to, can we have performance be impacted in the water by what we're doing on land? And so all the programming details that we're going to do needs to come back to this ultimate priority, which is, is this helping them become a faster swimmer? It's important that the swim program is made first because that's the number one priority, becoming a faster swimmer, not becoming an Olympic weightlifter. Then once the swimming program is at least skeletoned out a little bit, then you can go in and fill in the dry land details after it. But I want to talk for just a minute before we get to that of the two different perspectives. So you're sitting there right now either as a swim coach or on the other side, maybe as a dry land strength coach, physical therapist, something on the dry side. For the swim coaches, I'd encourage you when you're talking to your dry land coach, physical therapist, whoever's in charge and doing your dry land program, if it's not yourself, and even if it is yourself, you probably need to follow this advice too, is try and simplify your plan, both in and out of the water by the phases that you're using. We've already seen in previous lessons, how I tried to condense down and make simpler the training phases. And again, it's not just the only three. There are many dozens out there that you could really get down into the nitty gritty. But at the end of the day, I don't think that helps most people as much as it confuses them. Same thing with what you're doing in the water. So what I've tried to do when I was a swim coach full time is continue to condense that down as well to make it simpler. So you can see all these options here from threshold to VO2 max, speed, power, lactate tolerance, all of those things. I've tried to condense it down into three big categories because whether I'm doing aerobic capacity or threshold, that 
those two differences isn't going to ultimately affect one way or another if I'm doing dryland. But if I'm doing a test set versus a recovery day, that will probably affect how I'm doing dryland. So in some respects, I don't care about the nitty gritty details in the water. I need to know the bigger picture. How intense is this session going to be and what's the purpose of it, giving three or four options. So I'd encourage the swim coaches out there to think about simplifying their training when they're writing their season plan. And then of course, you get into the weeks and the individual workouts, you can get into the details. But especially when you're trying to communicate to a dryland coach, performance coach, strength and conditioning coach, they're not gonna know all this stuff. Just like you couldn't talk shop with them necessarily at a higher level of you know the advanced strategies of periodization. So swim coaches out there, try to simplify. And for the strength coaches, performance coaches out there, understand that the swim coaches, they're probably not on your level either. So that's why I encourage you to simplify when you're talking to them as well. And again, using these three phases as the cornerstones that we're gonna be rotating through. And yes, there are many different types of subphases in strength or even strength power or power. But at the end of the day, the swim coach probably needs to know which of these three buckets are we hitting? Just like you as the dryland or performance coach needs to know, okay, swim coach, what are we doing in the water out of these three or four buckets? So try to simplify overall because the communication between the strength coach and the swim coach is paramount for the success of the athlete and making sure they're progressing as they need to and if adjustments need to be made that they're able to communicate that back and forth. And even if you're the single person who is doing both the swim training and the dry line, it's probably gonna help you be able to think through things if it's in fact simplified a little bit more. So that's just a, a bullet point I wanna put out there first before we dive into any of the programming is try to simplify it. Now, when you are planning it, Here's the other thing you need to keep in mind and why always asking yourself, what's the priority here? What's the training priority? Your athletes have limited energy and so they can't spend it 100% in this pool and 100% on land as much as you think that's possible. It's not. One of them is always going to win a little bit more than the other. That's not to say that when one wins, let's say the water wins because it's going a lot harder than the dry land. Well, it doesn't mean the dry land was all for naught, it can still be beneficial, but at the end of the day, the swimming portion won that day if it was more intense and the dry land was easier or vice versa. So you need to be aware that your athletes don't have unlimited energy as much as you think you can push them and encourage them to do that. It's just not possible. So understanding how to balance that and when to go all in on dry land a little bit more and when to go all in on the water and having that dance throughout the season is really how you're gonna have success in your dryland program. It's not just setting it up and forgetting about it. So one type of training should always have priority in your mind in a 24-hour period. Is it the water or is it the land? And be deliberate about picking them. And again, if most of the time it's the water, that's probably okay because again, these are swimmers. They're trying to get faster in the water. But you still need to go through this process of understanding, okay, which session am I prioritizing here? Because if you've chosen to prioritize the water, then what you do on land needs to reflect that. You can't be having them max test after you just put them through an extreme test set in the water. That's just not smart. And in the same way, if you're having one of the hardest dryland workouts of the year, you have to understand in the water they're probably not going to be the best. So keep that top of mind as you're going through the season, as well as when you're actually planning it and going through the season and the weekly seat in the weekly plans as well. 
whatever typically goes first, especially when you're doing direct back-to-back -back sessions. So, you know, on land and then hopping in the water or vice versa. Typically, whichever of those goes first, kind of by default gets the priority because that's when the athlete's more fresh. Now, there are instances where you could say, well, you know, if we get in the water and we just swim easy for an hour and it's not hard, dryland could still be the priority. Yes, and vice versa. If you just did 30 minutes of stretching and mobility work and then jumped in the water, yes, water could still end up being the priority. But as a general rule, just think about whichever session goes first. If you're either on land or water, again, these are back to back, not necessarily a morning evening session. I'm talking, you know, you jump into the water, 10 minutes later, everybody's dried off in their suits and then they're in the gym or vice versa. You start on land, hop right in the water. I'm talking about those type of back-to-back -back sessions. Whichever goes first, typically by default, gets the priority. And again, it may vary through the season and it probably should. You should probably pick, hey, I actually want swimming to win today or I want the dry land session to win today because I really want to, you know, have this uh, set circuit go well because last time we really didn't do it, and I think it was because they were too tired. It's okay to vary it, but just be deliberate about what you're choosing. So above all, keep asking yourself, what's the training priority? Before you're putting your season plan together, before you put your weekly plan together, and before you even write the daily workouts for that day, and then while you're in it too, what is the priority here? What do I need in terms of training effects that I'm trying to get on my athlete? Make sure you're always asking that question, not only in the planning period, but as you go through the season. Dryland Talk. I can't understand uh, if uh, uh, I plan uh, one week. Mm -hmm. um, I um, uh, take uh, the same exercise. Uh, for example, I. Uh, I went. I go in at the gym three times a week, mm -hmm. and uh, every day I uh, use the same uh, exercise mm -hmm. uh, in the same period. Or I change uh, Monday. Um, I do uh, lat pull down. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, exercise to push and um, inch on uh, Wednesday. A different exercise or or it's better uh, i uh, take the same uh, mm -hmm. um sorry don't no, i got you i think i understand what you're saying so okay, are okay. we talking to, to make sure i'm understanding are we talking for you specifically training so so we're talking no, no, about my, my my at least my at least. okay okay that, I, that's why i'm I, making sure i I'm, train a, a, a um, college team okay. uh 20 at least uh, from uh, 15 to 20 years. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So, so I forget um, which, which module this was, if it was six or seven in particular, but this is where to answer that question, you have to answer me, how experienced are your athletes? So if they have a lot of years of strength training, the, the more experienced they are, the more often we need to change it. The least okay. experience or less experience that they have, the less often. Now, okay. personally, uh, even if they have a, a few years of experience, I still think it is beneficial to have the same exercise for at least a week, maybe even a, a few weeks. Like that, you can't go wrong with that. So I always lean more conservative and less change, unless I feel you know an athlete has ten plus years 
of intense strength training, you know, and I, I, I know that, right. So we're talking about like the guys are going to Olympics that have been there for yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years. So if, if anybody's not even close to that, I go way more to change it less. And I feel that that helps a little bit, both the coach and the athlete. Because if you think about something like the pull-ups, for example, right? Okay. That's something that's a really tough exercise. So whether someone is at zero pull-ups or even five or 10, they can see a steady increase if you're programming and doing everything else right. But if you think about, okay, Monday we're doing pull-ups and then we do lat pull-down and then another pull exercise, bent over row, and then they don't see pull-ups for another two or three weeks, it's it's hard then for them to see, am I actually improving or not? So mm-hmm. on all exercises, I kind of take that of less change is better, and I'm only going to change more if I have to, and if I feel it's just not working. And I'd even look at other things in the program first before I went to, I need to change the exercises every single day. Because you think about it the same way in the pool, you wouldn't have it be completely different every single day, right? Like there, there, now there are yeah. different workouts, right? Like maybe we do a stroke today. and a, But if you're talking about, you know, today we're doing high volume, tomorrow we're doing race pace, a thousand yards, you know, then the other day we're just doing breaststroke. That's out of almost change. Out of change. That's almost like what you're kind of doing if you change the exercises every single day. And I understand why people do that. They say, well, I'm bored of it, or you know, my athletes are bored of it. And that's where I go to, they're not bought in yet. Like they don't understand why. And they're not seeing progress. I wouldn't want to do pull-ups every day if I'm not seeing myself get better either. <laughs> you okay. know. So I always err on less change. And it's almost like I, I want the athletes to force me to change because I, I can see the adaptations aren't working as much or like they've topped out. And if, if I can see that it's still improving, all right, let's, let's just keep okay, steady and improving. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So if I note a plateau, maybe yes. it's better that I, a little change. Right. But remember too, Fabio, so the way we're programming the phases too, so it's not just the exercises, right? It's the phases. So let's go, let's go what? Four weeks of strength three weeks of strength power, two yeah. weeks of power, right? Like, let's just go that normal thing. Well, I may do pull-ups for seven straight weeks out of that, right? But four weeks is a strength phase. So that's going to look like one oh, thing. Yeah. And then three weeks, it's strength power. So it's pull-ups with, uh, you know, yeah. slam or speed skiers right after that. So even that, it's going to be different, but I'm still doing pull-ups for seven weeks. And so then we can still see an improvement. And then the power then we do that for three weeks. Maybe I'm not doing any pull-ups for three weeks, but in some ways that helps the body kind of reset. And then, so then when we come back to pull-ups again for four yeah. weeks of strength, the body's like, oh, I'm not used to this. I need to continue to adapt. So don't just think of the exercises as the only tool in your toolbox for that, right? There are phases and that's where we get into all eight of the variables. So there are lots, don't just get stuck in the exercise. There are lots of other things you could change. And I'd almost say, change the exercise last, right? Because the athlete knows that they can see that progress. And if the athlete sees progress, they're going to buy in even more. And you as a coach, it's going to be easier for you to evaluate if it's the same exercise each day or a few weeks, you're going to be able to see, okay, where were they three weeks ago? Versus if it's once every three weeks, I don't know, maybe they just had an off day 
And, and so I would use the exercise um, rotation as little as possible. Okay. Okay. Because sense? I know a lot of exercise, you mm -hmm. uh, um, upload a lot of exercise yeah. and the difficult for us is um, uh, to choose the better uh, exercise for our athletes. So it's not always the simple. So that's where go back to, I can't remember. I can't remember where this was maybe a uh, six or seven modules. So yeah. are you, where, where are you in the modules? No, no, I finished. Oh, okay. Great. Great. So, um, oh, where'd my train of thought go? So with the template, uh, remember when we're creating the session plan, the template we talked about where it's just, Hey, if you can have two, five exercise circuits, one for each of the movement categories. And I tried to make it simple. So you don't feel overwhelmed. Like just pick it, pick an exercise, right? And pull-ups is, is a great one. I would almost always have pull-ups. Some of the push ones, there's a lot of different ways you could go with push, right? A lot of different ways you could go with brace, a lot of different ways you could go with squat. And then hinge is kind of like the pull in that there's not a ton of variety. You know, it's pretty much what, you know, yeah. what kind of deadlift are you doing? Um, so don't feel overwhelmed with that. Just say, okay, I'm going to plug these exercises into the template and then If you're really feeling that after a week or two, you know what, this exercise isn't working, just sub that one out. But if all of the others are good, you know, keep it. So try to use the template and you're not alone in that feeling. I know a lot of coaches feel that way of all oh, so many exercises, right? Okay. And, and you almost feel the need to do all of them. And, and that's not the case. It's just, you have to figure out what's the best exercise probably. And best is even a wrong word. Because there's lots of exercises that are going to get you results. So it's not like, oh, pick the right one. And if you, you know, yeah, you pick yeah. the wrong one, that's not the case. So um, just try to fill in the template, see how it works for a few weeks, and then you can always change. You know, okay. don't feel like okay. it, it's, it's a yes or no question on the exercises you're picking. Yeah. And then um, in the strength period, I. Um, I can use uh, 10 or 12 repetitions to improve uh, uh, hypertrophy, not a lot, because uh, we work with a swimmer. Yeah. Uh, but um, sometimes I saw in your um, uh, schedule um, that you uh, use uh, four, five mm -hmm. repetitions mm -hmm. in the strength power. But uh, uh, for me, uh, before, I know that uh, for im to improve the hypertrophy uh, to my athlete, I, I need to uh, do 10 or 12 uh, repetitions. Yeah. So it's correct or no? So in the, if we're just talking strength phase, I can see I can see a case to be made where yeah you're doing 10 or 12 sometimes. I wouldn't even do it okay. all the time because again you're just riding that line of the more you get into double digits on reps there's there's other things down the line in terms of how clean is the training um you know the the hypertrophy singles and again we're trying to get as strong as possible without gaining size Right. For, for most athletes, there are some swimmers where you could say, hey, you need to bulk up a little bit. But for most swimmers, that's not the case. So for yeah, strength, yeah. I could see how sometimes maybe for a few weeks at a time you do that. And that's yeah, not that's okay. not the worst thing in the world. But when you're doing the strength power phase, 
I would definitely not recommend that. And this is why, yeah, yeah. because we're trying to go with that complex training and we're trying to have that post-activation potential where the strength side, I'm trying to get as much muscle fiber activated as possible. And so that's trying to go as heavy as possible. So as fewer reps, so really no yeah. more than six, because if you're going more and going like 10 or 12, it's almost dulling the the effect. And so then when you go to the power exercise yeah, right after, it's just not going to be as effective. So I, I would I would be more concerned about it in the strength power phase, but in the strength phase, every now and then, that's not a big deal. I just always, I would not have my floor of reps be like 12 and never go below, right? Yeah. I'd have 12 be more either the middle or the ceiling of reps that I'm going in the strength phase. Okay. 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 Thanks. Um, can I show you mm-hmm. my... Uh, Your screen? Yeah, my screen. Yeah, it should be a green button, share screen, if you okay. click on it. I tried to... Uh, one Awesome. Okay. Yeah. My okay. Is my uh, season for yeah. example this year? Yeah. I now I'm here. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first week on strength power phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, uh, full body and yeah. full body. Uh, my at least are in a gym mm-hmm. for one hour. One hour session before swimming. Yeah. And oh, that's good. So it's even before swimming. So you 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 can have the emphasis be a little bit more on the strength side. Good. Yeah. Um, two times a week, uh, I work uh, uh, to uh, function and mm-hmm. brace uh, at the on the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirty minutes before swimming, and two times before or after. Um, um, Dream uh, session. I work uh, with uh, my athletes to mobility. Awesome. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, now, the only okay. thing I would say is, so there's only two sessions a week. And, and this is just, I, I don't know all of your schedule and the variables, right? Yeah, But okay, okay. if you remember back, I'm pretty sure it's module six uh, or maybe even three or four, where I talked about how often you should do dryland in a week. So yeah, the full body, spot. yeah, the, the full body, you're at two. And so if you're getting results with that, great. But if, okay, you okay, fe- okay. if you feel like after a few weeks of this, hey, I'm not seeing improvement, that's the first place I would go is where can I put another session in? And let's say you couldn't do it before the Monday practice. You, you said you're doing mobility afterwards. Even if you just did mobility plus, I don't know, a, a pull and a hinge, right? Yeah, like okay, even if you okay. just added that, that would be helpful enough because especially with something like pull-ups and deadlifts, if we can just up the frequency that those yeah. are happening in the week. So that's the only thing I would say. And so, uh, so far, are, are you example, seeing improvement? Pure uh, pull, mm-hmm. pure hinge. Yeah. And for example, here, another no. or no? Not on no, Saturday. Just on, yeah, because okay. if you think about it, so three is that sweet spot we talked yeah, about. Yeah. And so if that's not possible to do three full, 
Then what I'm thinking about next is what are my most important movements that I'm trying to always hit? And remember with our ratios, we're always trying to do more pulling and hinging. And yeah, so yeah. even if we just added that, you know, yes, we're not doing uh, more pushes and, um, and squats. That's okay. Yeah. But that, that may help if you're, if you're feeling like, you know, they're not improving as much as I think they could. So, so that's yeah, the only yeah. thing that case, jumps out to me. Yeah, in this case, I train more pull than push because here, for example, I, for me, full body uh, was a uh, pull, push, uh, inch, and squat. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in squat. And the other okay, thing, no? kind, yeah, and kind of like that, um, that same line of thinking too, Fabio, is if you have um, any athletes that are really weak in pull-ups, for example, okay, it's, it's a great thing at the end of every practice or even before every practice to just have them do one set, even if it's yeah. just with a band or some drop downs, because if, if you have an athlete that's really behind in a category, if you can just increase the frequency, so I'm not saying, hey, do five sets of pull-ups before they jump in the water. <laughs> yeah. Even just even just one set, right? Yeah. Or even one set after practice. If they did that every day, the, the frequency of that builds up and that will get them caught up on that movement. So that's why I think, you know, if you only got two full body days, I might try to add a little something on Wednesday. But if you're seeing results with that, I would almost ride that out until you're not seeing results and then add it in on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a good idea. Thanks. Mm -hmm. um, uh, about uh, the phase. Okay. Strength, mm -hmm. five, five weeks. It's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are so they more on the beginner four... side? Uh, oh, sorry? Are your athletes more on the beginner side, middle, no, no, I, or expert. advanced? Expert. Middle oh, expert. expert. Okay. Yeah. It so uh, three, it, four, or five uh, go to the gym. Went to the gym, so they are expert. Okay. If if they're how many years have they been doing strength training consistently yeah. with a program? Five or five years. Okay. So I would actually maybe think about shortening the strength phase a little bit because they have that experience. So remember, okay. this goes back to the more advanced the athlete the more we want to change it. So okay. five is maybe just a little too long for my taste, unless at the start of the season, um, is this the start of your season where we Yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, maybe this year, uh, after pandemia, yeah. pandemic period, so uh, they are very lack. Uh, so. so then that makes more sense to have it longer okay. and kind of a slower ramp up. If, if let's say we're, lower we're not- cook. Yeah, in a non-pandemic year, in a non-pandemic year, if if they were just you know had the, a few weeks of an off season, yeah. then they get back. I would maybe go more three or four weeks on the strength, and and yeah. have have smaller rotations of strength, strength, power, power. But that makes more sense if they're completely off. Yeah, have a slower ramp up, and I would almost ramp up all my phases that way for at least one full cycle of strength, strength, power, power, and then once I get through that. If you feel like, all right, they're pretty good now and I'm not having to worry about, you know, working them back into shape, I would go really on the strength side, maybe three to four weeks max, strength power, two to three weeks, 
power two to three weeks too, and keep just smaller rotations on that because of how experienced your athletes are. Okay. Okay. It's not, um, okay. And when I do power phase, uh, um, the athletes uh, can lack uh, uh, strength or no? So the okay, when I return to the another strength phase, yeah, uh, they they, they are, shouldn't go down in some ways. And and so when I program that, that's a great question. So when I program that, let's say we go three weeks strength, three weeks strength power, and two weeks power. Okay, okay. I'm only two weeks removed from strength. And so that first week back into the strength phase, I would look back at what I would, the weights I was doing for either strength power or the strength phase on the last week. So if I was doing three weeks of each of the strength and strength power phase, I'd look at week three for each of those and see what were my numbers for pull-ups? What was my numbers for deadlifts? You know, all those exercises. Okay. And I would start my week one of the next strength phase at those numbers. Okay. Okay. and then base it off of if they look pretty good and I'm, I'm, I would count on them looking pretty good, then I'm going to increase it the next week somehow in terms of intensity. If, if they're not looking the best, um, and I wouldn't expect that unless something weird's happening, uh, I would expect them to look pretty good. But if they're not for a reason, I would just hold it then for another week and say, okay, they're going to do that same intensity for another week and then see what happens. But most of the time, if you're just, you know, two weeks, and it's not like they're not doing anything, right? It's not like they're sitting on the couch, like they're doing stuff. It's just okay. not in the strength, actual specific phase. I feel you can pick back up every now and then what I would do if I feel we're in a really good groove. And if I'm, if I, if you're using your coaching eye and in the power phase, you can just see like, man, they're looking really good. Then sometimes what I do is that first week of strength, I would actually go back to the previous third week on strength, strength, power, and even increase it a little bit yeah. for the first week. So I either keep it the same as the last week of a previous phase, or if I'm feeling they're, they're looking really good, I might increase it as well. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> but okay, never, okay. never go back. You, you should almost never have to go back okay, unless okay. you're doing something crazy in the pool, right? And, and all the emphasis needs to go into the pool and dry land yeah. needs to take a back seat. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, my problem here is uh, uh, that I don't know because the the, um, the most important event are uh, is uh, this one yeah. in the, the middle of uh, December. So after three weeks on strength power. Uh, I can uh, return it to strength period or so yeah, I'm looking at better. this <laughs> or looking at this one more power uh, uh, week. And, and is this uh, Fabio? So, so we're live, right? So are we in what week nine of this for you? Or is this a, this a well, next yeah, season yeah, yeah, in the yeah, future you're nine. planning? Week nine. So, yeah, so yeah. this is like, a, this is an actual, you're going through this right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, three. Um, or okay, maybe so, three or three. Yeah. And so I'm change. thinking here. Here's a couple things you could do, Fabio. Is yeah. um, so we basically have what 
eight weeks left to play with. And you're already in strength power for this week. Let me just write some numbers down. Yeah, yeah, faster. So sorry, for no, 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 no. This is help you. So for, we got, uh, so, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk it out so you know what I'm thinking of. So, what I'm thinking is is two two possibilities, kind of big picture. We could either go okay. uh, a straight big. shot, and even even go like four weeks of power. So we go five weeks of strength, four yeah. weeks strength power, four weeks okay. of power. That's one option. Yeah. The other option is get a couple more cycles through, but shorten yeah, okay. everything up. How? Let me ask you this: if, with them being now six weeks into it, how do they look to you in terms of percentage? You know that you've seen them before when they're in peak condition and strength and everything. How how do they look to you as a coach? Uh, what sorry? Can you repeat? How, how do your athletes look to you right now? Because they they've been now doing this six weeks, so we're six weeks into the dryland program. Okay, um, they uh, are okay. Uh, they they improve a little of strength, mm-hmm. but I I want to uh, improve their power in the next uh, period. Yeah. Now. But but in general with your coaching eye, how how they look to you, are they from that break off because it sounded like it was a longer break, do they still look like they're having to work back into it or do they look pretty good in terms yeah, of yeah, just their pretty condition? good, pretty good. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that helps me. So if if they're back to kind of uh, a, a condition you've seen before, pretty high condition you know, the strength is there. They're moving good. We could, I would err more towards let's rotate it a little bit quicker. So if I have eight weeks, we could go strength power for two, power for one, strength for two. So what am I at now? I'm at five. SP2. Yeah. So here's what I got, Fabio. So, so, you could go strength power for two, yeah, power for one, strength for two, and then strength power for two and power. Oh, sorry, no, that's okay. And I know that last week, and, and that almost works out too. Um, because I see, you know, so you said the big meets that December 14th week. Yeah. So even if they only have one practice that week, that's fine. Right. So even if you just do the Monday power and then, you know, I'm assuming the meets later in the week travel or, or whatever, yeah. um, you, you could still have like a Monday session on power. And that's good too. For another reason is really take note of how your athletes respond to that week in November 2nd, where you're seven yeah. weeks out, because that's going to inform you what you need to do December 7th. Okay. Okay. And so that's the other reason I asked all those questions of, you know, if, if they're looking pretty good, I almost, as a coach, I want to know how are they going to respond when I go through this phase? Cause I don't want to be surprised, right? Like the last thing yeah. you want 
<laughs> the last thing you want is to have them do power for the first time and be really sore and be like, oh, coach, this is so bad. <laughs> That's not what you want, right? So really take a lot of notes on that week, on the seven weeks out, and then okay. decide, okay, how am I going to do it then for December? And then it's going to help too. I would almost um, basically whatever exercises you set up for that, uh, the, the November 2nd week, I would basically do the exact same for December 7th and maybe just a little less because we're tapering down. Because a lot of soreness or other negative effects usually come from when athletes have never done something before. So also think a lot about your strength power phases because whatever the second exercise is for a lot of those, I would have that be part of my power phase because then the athlete's going to be even more used to it. So now, remember we started this conversation, you were saying, you know, I'm changing exercises a lot. Now we're almost trying to go the opposite because the the more we would change the exercise, the greater the chance they're going to be really sore or tired. And that's not what we want around taper. So we actually want how often can we do the same thread of exercises for those three weeks between strength, power, and power? Because then as a coach, you know what's going to happen, right? Okay. okay, okay. Okay. You know, you've done lunge jumps before or slams or whatever. You know how that feels. And then especially in the taper for you as a coach, you can just say, okay, we're just reducing the volume and everything's mm-hmm. going to work out fine. Does that make sense? I've thought yeah. through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's better. It's better than before. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, if, yeah, if uh, I saw before what's happened. And so it's okay. Um, how many, uh, sorry, the last question. Yeah. How many days uh, before the uh, important race? Uh, you stop with a dry land uh, session or gym session. I would do it so as, I, as close as I can. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, because uh, but you it, can it, tr- only in the power phase. Uh, or even strength power. But so rem- I, I remember, I'm sure at some point I told the story of like w- with Cullen where he did his best in-season swim, right? And we were doing a workout 20 minutes before his race in the gym but the workout was only 10 minutes of his okay. normal hour plus. Yeah. So that's how, you're get, that's how you think about it. I'm trying to think how close can I get the last gym session? Because I really think that helps light up the athlete's muscular, neuromuscular system. But it's just we're doing a tenth of it, uh, you know, yeah. 15% of the total volume in terms of sets, reps, all of that stuff. Um, but, but keeping the weights relatively the same. So for example, if they're normally doing, you know, four sets of deadlifts, you know, that week out, I'm still doing deadlifts on the regular schedule, but I'm only doing one set, you know, okay. and yeah. one set, if they're used to four sets, one set's going to feel like nothing. <laughs> they're going to yeah, feel yeah, like, yeah. okay, coach, like, great. You know, like it should <laughs> take them 12 minutes and they're done. You yeah, know? Yeah, I know. And so you, if, if, if you, as long as you really drop the volume in the sets for that, and you can still keep the intensity pretty high, they could still be at 90% of their max or somewhere around that range. That's fine. But going from four sets to one set, I really think that helps them. You know, it doesn't even matter if it's a sprinter, distance swimmer, middle distance, whatever. I just think that's the best way to have your athletes be as prepared as possible. Okay. 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 Thanks. Does that make you nervous? Uh, well, no, me? Yeah. Go on that. No, clip. no, no. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you. I hope that helped, Fabio. I'm glad. I'm glad the course seemed to help you and your yeah, you're yeah, through it. But um, in the future, you uh, make uh, another course because I saw uh, the sorry uh, other courses. So we're gonna do a graduate maybe specialized level. no. I level, no, no. Yeah, so so what we're going to do, Fabio, is um, it's not going to be a course like this. What it's going to be is an ongoing thing. We're going to call it the graduate level. So only mm-hmm. people that have passed and are yeah. SSDC certified can get in. And we're aiming to start it at the end of this year, beginning of next year. And what it'll look like is uh, we'll probably have one thing each week. So maybe one week, it's just me doing office hours where anybody can hop on, ask questions. Maybe another week, um, I'm thinking about kind of a program review or something like that. So maybe like, okay. so almost like what we did here. So, hey, give me your program. Let's talk <laughs> through it, you know? Okay, okay. And maybe another week, I go a real deep dive on an exercise and like, all right, let, let's look at the pull-up. Let's, you know, let's really dig into how yeah, many yeah. different ways you could do it. So it's really just a higher level of the stuff we're talking about. And okay. um, I don't have as much of a, like an outline or curriculum. It's going to be more, you know, Hey, here's the idea we're working on this month. Here's the idea, you know, Hey, here's the office hours, send in your questions. And it's just going to be a continuous ongoing thing but only people that have passed the certification are going to be allowed to join. So that way we know everybody has that base level of knowledge and we're not, you know, teaching you the basics. Like you understand the basics. Now you yeah, okay. like, like today, even a lot of your questions were higher level. Like that's exactly what I'm thinking of doing for the graduate level is stuff like we were doing today. Like, all right, you got the basics and now you're asking okay. some really specific questions of, all right, what do I do here? What do I do here? It's not like I'm explaining yeah, to you yeah. what the strength phase is. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. I think you'd really enjoy it. Well, like I said, we're aiming the end of this year, beginning of next year, um, and we'll we'll email out to people, and let them know. Oh, sorry. We'll we'll email out to everyone when it is open and and when we're going to start. Okay. That. Okay. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Thank awesome. You. Fabio, okay. thanks so much, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Um, I can do something for you in uh, yeah, on uh, Italy on the social. I, oh, I appreciate I it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, because I just uh, uh, talk with my uh, colleague uh, to your uh, to your course because oh, awesome! Uh, it's good. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah, it's very Thank good. For example, the... in Italy, um, we work a lot in the pool, but. Uh, at the gym, uh, we work, but there there isn't connection uh, mm, uh, mm. with pool and and dryland. Yes, uh, we we study sometimes, but uh, uh, your is the best course uh, I saw before. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what was the one thing, the biggest thing, the best thing you took from the course? Oh. <laughs> uh, the perfect uh, i uh, um during pandemic mm-hmm. i saw the first webinar uh, mm-hmm. of you um, on uh, youtube i, I don't yeah. remember um 
And when I saw the free phase, <laughs> power, strength, yeah. and power, power, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, maybe uh, you, okay, you, you, you can divide it in three different mm -hmm. uh, periods. Okay. The first period, I try to improve a strength. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second in the triangle is yep. okay, next step. Okay. And so, no, oh, it's very simple, but uh, important. That's awesome. Uh, do you mind if we use, because this is automatically recording, do you mind if we use this as a testimonial for others to, to know about the course, what you just said about it? Uh, can you remember? Can you repeat, please? Yeah. So this, the Zoom is recording right now. Do you mind if we use what you just said as a testimonial so we can give out to other coaches and, and so they can understand yes, yes, what but you My learned? English is. Uh, oh, no worries. Well. No. <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit. Only a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. No, Fabio, we'll stay in touch, man. I appreciate it. I hope your season goes well. I think we got a good plan for you going forward with the dryland. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Fabio, have a good day. We'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Have you joined the Surge Strength Academy yet? It's now free to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy and raise your dryland IQ. Visit surge-strength.com to learn more and enroll today. That's surge-strength.com to enroll in the Surge Strength Academy. The goal of Surge Strength is simple. Build better athletes to generate faster swimmers.